This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. This episode is brought to you by Manscaped. It's never too early to play holiday music, and it's never too early to start thinking about gifts. Whether for it's a friend or a friend in your pants, you can make this a season to be jolly with Manscaped. Do your little drummer boy a favor and use the lawnmower 4.0 to avoid another silent night in the bedroom. Then add in Manscaped's top-of-the-line shower products to have the people thinking, all I want for Christmas is you. Santa cares about his sack, and so should you. Look nice when you get naughty by going to manscaped.com and use code GUYJEANSPODCAST for free shipping and 20% off. That's GUYJEANSPODCAST for free shipping and 20% off. My guest today... O'Neill Williams. O'Neill Williams is an outdoor-based television series on Fox Sports Sun, Fox Sports Southeast, Fox Sports Arizona, Pursuit Channel, Hunt TV, Amazon Prime, Outdoor Action Network, Camo Crusade, Waypoint TV, Gen 7 Outdoors to 277 million subscribers, Households Weekly, and O'Neill Outside Radio, broadcast to 38 states via WSB radio in Atlanta and is in syndication nationally via the 155 SB nation affiliates. O'Neill outside radio is the number one outdoor based live radio talk show in the country. And without further ado, here is O'Neill. O'Neill. Yes. How you doing, man? Outstanding. It's a beautiful day. It's raining. (laughs) You've been pretty busy out there in Georgia, I hear. Oh, well, it's, yes, indeed. It's that time of year. Sorry for talking over you, but it's yeah. uh, end of the year, time to, for advertisers to sign up, time for new radio spots, time for new television spots, time yeah. to get started for 2023. Wow. And you've been doing, you've been doing this, uh, in my introduction, I was talking about all the things that you do and, and, uh, just doing my research on you and everything. And it sounds like you're a pretty busy guy. Well, it, it, it appears so. Uh, I wonder sometimes about uh, what, whether, how long I can continue this. I know I'm already sponsored on radio and television for the end of 2023. And as we get close to that, we'll make some uh, calls. So is that all you're doing? Is your, are you still doing your show, your TV show, and, and your radio show uh, and all that? Uh, yes. The, the television show now are re-edits of the highlights of previous years okay. i'm not making new productions but of course the radio show is live nice 
and you have you have a huge audience it sounds like uh well indeed the well i've kind of outlived everybody the, the television show has <laughs> been on for so long yeah uh and with a name like o'neill uh you get credit for a lot of things that you don't even do i know i was <laughs> in a bass pro shop i was in a bass pro shop here not long ago and uh, a fellow walked up to me, and he actually wanted to say hello, and which, uh, which is fine. I always enjoy that. I'm always flattered by it. And he told me, he said, I love your show. I watch it every week on the Outdoor Channel. Well, that's okay by me, but it's not on the Outdoor Channel. <laughs> but I don't ever – hey, if he thinks it's on the Outdoor Channel and he says he watches every week, it's okay by me. Right. And he went on to say, and I'm always flattered, uh, he went on to say, uh, the best show I ever saw you do was when you arrowed that caribou in Alaska. <laughs> and my response was, you know, uh, yeah, I appreciate all your kind comments and saying hello, but I've never done that. He said, oh, yes, you have. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. So, yeah. you know, you get credit. So you get credit for things you don't do, and you get a, accused of things that you should, that you didn't do also. You have been doing this for over 40 years, is that right? Uh, the television show started in a, in its minute form, but it's been on the air 52 weeks a year on various networks and under various uh, edits and so forth yeah. uh, since uh, 1981. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. Scary. That's really cool. And you're, from what I understand, are you doing like the production and and everything like the directing and kind of and, and starring in it too is that is that what's going on uh yes well uh, up up until last year i had a very very capable smart kind forgiving uh a fellow and uh he was my cameraman most of the time mm-hmm. he was always the editor uh he was always the one who kept o'neill being o'neill uh, and he was just, and he facilitated the show. He sent it to the network. He did everything. All I did was just stand there and open my big mouth. Uh, but he, he retired. And so when he retired, I retired in production of new television shows. Mm-hmm. He did stick around for another year and re-edited the best of our shows so that, uh, you know, generally speaking, uh, when you're on television, you, if you're going to go hunting, you go deer hunting in one spot and that's the show. Yeah. Uh, and that re-edit, you don't go to one destination, you go to two destinations. Okay. So you go deer hunting in Georgia and then in the middle of the show, when that's kind of concluded, you say, well, now that was a great experience. Now let me take you to Texas. So you do two destinations in one show. So that was, that was the final edit. And those will air in 2023 on all the networks. Very cool. How did, how did you ever get into starting a TV show? That's really interesting to me. Uh, well, in the late 70s, uh, I was a tournament bass fisherman. Oh, and okay. I'm not talking about the bass masters. I'm talking about state tournaments, local tournaments, mm-hmm. regional tournaments. And I had some sponsors for that. Okay. A Bagley Bait and various worm companies and boat companies and things of that nature to pay you a little bit of money. And you and I happened to be fortunate enough to catch a few, a few big fish, and I won what was called the Georgia Bass Anglers Championship 
1977 and 78. So I had some good friends who were the outdoor editor of the Atlanta Journal and Constitution. And a local television producer telephoned one of those writers and said, I want to do a television show, and, and will you do it? And the sports editor said, uh, I'm not capable of that, but I know who is. And they called me, and that's how it started. How cool is that? And that started your career? Yes, yes it did. And, and, and has, has that um, what you've been doing like this whole time or do you have another gig that you do or another job that, that you do? Uh, or is I, it... I did. I did until the early nineties. Uh, and I was the Eastern regional sales manager for a poultry company. I traveled throughout the week and shot the shows on the weekends and uh-huh. did the, did the uh, radio show on the weekends. Uh, and you know, about 1993, 94, I, finally said, you know, uh, this is getting bigger and bigger. It deserves my attention. Uh-huh. So I stopped doing anything else and just went to television and radio and everything associated with that only, and it blossomed from there immediately, as a matter of fact. Isn't that amazing, like, what you, you're you following your passion, and all of a sudden all the doors open up, and, and there you go, you know? Yeah, uh, you know, uh, people ask me, people think and they refer to me as boy what a great job you have all you do is just go hunting and fishing mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah nothing could be further from the truth and i know you know that yeah i spent uh 80 of my time promoting and selling the advertising for the television and radio show 20 percent of my time is spent in front of a camera or a microphone mm-hmm yeah, a lot of people have no idea what it takes. To, uh, absolutely. You know, to absolutely. And I did it all myself. I never, ever found a single person in the outdoor industry who was willing to say, okay, I'll sell the show for you. Yeah. And they never did. And you did everything. So it's all, it's all O'Neill, <laughs> sometimes so did, regrettably. So you called up all the, the networks and kind of said, hey, this is what I got, and you know, and gave it to yes. them and then they put it up for you. Yes. That, yes. Right on. That's so I've been on, I've been on, um, the, the show remain, most of the airings are on some of the pod, uh, video podcast networks. Okay. Carbon TV, Waypoint TV, Apple TV, okay. YouTube, and blah, 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 on and on and on. Uh-huh. The, the network, the, the cable networks that I'm still on is, uh, Ba- it's, now it's Valley Sports. It used to be Fox Sports, mm-hmm. and that's in uh, Fox Sports in Phoenix, Fox Sports Southwest, Fox or Valley Southeast, and Valley or Fox Sun, which is Florida. So, did, is are they are all those Fox channels uh, connected? And you just had to contact one, and then they all put no, it no, on. No, uh-uh. no, they're all mm-hmm. separate. They all they're have all... separate programming and separate program directors. And so on. Yes. So you have to be basically a salesman as well. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you wear a lot of hats uh, when you're when you have your own business and want to succeed. You know. Uh, that's again, yes, and that's again what people. And I don't mind, and I don't contradict them when somebody says, "Boy, you got a great life, yeah. great job. All you do is go hunting and fishing." And I say, "Yes, it's been wonderful." 
Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of interesting. You know, I'm a, a a fly shop owner. You know, here in, in uh, California, and a very mm-hmm. very similar uh, story. You know, it was my passion and started the guide service and blah 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 blah. But you know, when you do stuff that you love, you basically don't really feel like you're working. I feel right. well, you know what I mean. <laughs> Often, yeah. <laughs> So let's let's talk about your uh, your bass fishing. Are you still getting out there a little bit? Uh, well, I'm, I, I've decreased dramatically. I'm 79 years old, mm-hmm. uh, so my time uh, spent on the water or in the woods is usually a special occasion. Okay, uh, it's it's it, more, more more often than not, uh, it's making maybe if I'm hunt if I hunt I haven't I haven't killed anything uh any deer or anything of that nature and or hogs or anything like that in a long long time but if but if i can go and if i do go i usually will try to take uh, a a youngster yeah awesome uh, and possibly possibly a, a young man or a young lady mm-hmm. whose uh, parents are not outdoors people and quite often when this place where the dad's not at home very cool Love it, and they can take what they want. I don't need to kill any more deer. I've got, yeah. I've got plenty. Yeah, that's cool. Just passing it on, you know, super, yeah. super important. Yes, indeed. And, well, you know, at high school level, everybody has to have something to hang their hat on. You, yeah. Everybody is not going to be the high school quarterback. Everybody's not going to be the homecoming queen. I know my grandson could have been one heck of a football player, but football practice and the football season happens in the fall he would rather go deer hunting <laughs> yeah for sure so that's what he did uh-huh. and he's an outstanding hunter and he's presently a deputy sheriff in oklahoma and a part-time guide for whitetail nice and and loving it probably oh man yeah he's every day is heaven yeah that's so cool so tell me about like uh you know, some kind of uh, incident when you caught, like you were talking about that big bass that you caught that, um, you know, got you, you know, some notoriety and stuff like that. Tell can you remember how you were fishing for that bass and, you know, what, what kind of technique were you using? Well, the biggest, I, I, always, I always have thought that the most versatile bass bait for largemouth bass is the plastic worm. Uh-huh. Because you can fish it deep and shallow and fast or slow. Uh-huh. It can mo- be a multitude of colors. You can fish it on light line and heavy line, and y- you feel the bite. Mm-hmm. You actually catch the fish. I think that's the most versatile of all bass fishing uh, categories. Yeah. I do think that uh, I do think that a spinnerbait catches bigger fish, mm-hmm. and so uh, you know tournament fishing has changed dramatically but when i was reasonably successful at it you brought in 10 fish sometimes more sometimes you you can have 12 now it's five right so uh in tournament so you use a big fish bait a spinner bait in my my estimation uh but i do enjoy teaching people about that yeah and the, the intricacies of bass fishing of course, bass, uh, largemouth bass is the most popular and most sought-after 
species, freshwater species, uh, in the United States and, quite frankly, worldwide, even Japan. But uh, I believe the next great mm, target or horizon for the weekend fishermen is inshore saltwater. Mm-hmm. Yes. Trout, red, yeah. jacks. You know, you don't have to go out 80 miles. Right. Yes, you're you're within sight of the land. You're at a, a mouth of a river or something of that nature, and those fish are always hungry. They're always big, and they'll always bite. Yeah, for sure. Super aggressive. You betcha. I had a chance to go do that uh, in Louisiana um, uh, by New Orleans and uh, went red fishing. That was a blast. I did it. Uh, we did oh, it. Yeah. We did it on a fly. You know, from mm-hmm. a from a flats boat, which was a was a hoot, and right. Uh, so I got that's, to, I got that's to, one of my favorite. Uh, that's one of my favorite destinations. I go to a place down there called Cajun Vista Lodge, uh-huh. which is in Barataria, Louisiana, and it's a lodge. And the guides are there, the boats are there, the food is there, the rods and reels are there, the lodging is there, everything's there. Uh, so that, and quite frankly, in in my experience. People that live in Louisiana are fun. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I had a good time there. I we stayed at a, you know the you know the Southern Comfort bottle. Yeah, uh, you know that picture of that plantation on there on the bottle. Uh-huh, I do. They turned that uh, plantation into a lodge. And, okay. And I'm sorry, I can't remember the name of the lodge. That's pretty bad. That was a long time ago. But anyway, that's a lodge now. And, um, it sounds very similar to what you do. They got everything there. It was a blast. They brought oh, in, yeah. they brought in a big, uh, church and that was the mess hall. And so you go into a church and, it, you know, the old church and inside there was like the, where everybody dined and stuff. It was really neat. And that's it, wonderful. And it? it's kind of coincidental. Yeah. Cajun Vista Lodge is a refashioned schoolhouse. Okay. And it, it sleeps 25 people and that's where you eat and that's where you sleep and that's where the boats are. You, you get up from a table in the morning for breakfast and you walk for 25 yards and you get in the boat. That's awesome. You bet. You know, the guide would, we were out, you know, the guide picked us up and we cruised out into the, I guess the bayou call it. And we're cruising out mm-hmm. there and you know, he's curving around in the boat and going around the corners and stuff. And I mean, I could, you could get lost. I mean, he knew exactly where we were at, of course, but I, I had no idea. I'm like, where, where did we come from? He's all, see that flagpole <laughs> way over there. That's where we were. Uh-huh. Like, oh my God. <laughs> you know, it's just a bunch of roads out there in the water. It's pretty cool. Absolutely. I enjoyed the heck out of that. I mean, we got off the plane too in, in Louisiana, you know, we, we, you can, I, I believe you can, we stopped and got some daiquiris, <laughs> you know, you can drink in the car and all that, you know, it's a lot. Different oh yeah, than... absolutely. That's a, <laughs> yeah. You, you drive up and get a drink and yeah. drive away. Yeah, exactly. Right. It was pretty cool. Enjoyed the heck out of it. So you've written uh, a couple of books. It looks like you've written uh, a cookbook and have you written some other ones? Uh, yeah, well, I'm, I don't know if I'll ever write. I have another one written, but I don't know if I'll ever uh, publish it or not. But, yes, I did have a book uh, came out in 2018, I believe. It's called O'Neill Outside, Six, uh, People and Places Along the Way. Yeah. And it's a book about where I've been, who was there, who did I meet, what happened, 
Nice. And uh, from from South Africa to Canada and all across the world, and uh, very fortunate to be able to experience all that. And if somebody reads it, they should they should uh, have witness to those experiences and the people involved. So cool. And you're 79. You got. I'm sure yep. there's so many experiences and so many cool things to read in that book. I'm sure for sure. It, well, it seems like it. It, <laughs> it. it was when I did it, that's for sure. How long did it take you to write a book like that? Uh, not long. I, I write yeah. uh, I write for some uh, weekly and monthly oh, publications you? here okay. in the Southeast. So it was just uh, almost, uh, I'll say it like I did about the television show, it was a re-edit. Uh-huh. Okay. So I took the those experiences. Uh, and combined them and flowered them up a little bit with language that more dis- more vividly described the where, the when, the how, and what. And that's what made the book. Okay. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, I'll be over there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. And you, But you did write a book on um, a, a cookbook, or did I? Yes, it was, uh, that was some time ago. Okay. Uh, that, was, that, was, that was called, that was uh, Cajun. Uh, my goodness, what was the name of that? Uh but it's a book of recipes for yeah. uh, for big green egg and so on. Yes, it's a game and because fish it, cookbook it, or something. The, yes, in the television show uh, for oh my goodness, fifteen or eighteen years. Well, actually longer than that. I think I was the first outdoor show to have a cooking segment. Awesome. Uh, and then it, eventually, uh, people wanted to sponsor that cooking segment. Oh, okay. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Cajun Injector Marinades first was the first sponsor, mm-hmm. and then Big Green Egg, and Big Green Egg uh, sponsors the first half year, and Swaggerty's Sausage out yeah. of Tennessee, they they sponsor the cooking segment the last half of the year. And they're all re- recipes cooked on the Big Green Egg, and then later in the year they're all recipes uh, that are cooked with the Swaggerty's sausage. What's your favorite recipe? I, I, the favorite for me is, uh, the addition of Swaggerty's sausage in what you might call regular, uh, a regular fare. 
a swaggery sausage uh, with with spare ribs. Oh, yum. And use the swaggery sausage as a seasoning agent. And, uh, oh, man, it changes the rules completely. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I love that stuff. I love the old barbecued ribs and all that for sure. Oh, yeah. That's your favorite. What else? Uh, what about fish? Do you have a favorite fish recipe? Uh, the, well, the favorite fish to eat to me is uh, walleye. Okay, I've heard that. And, and I've, that. I've been to Canada to fish for walleye probably 12 or 13, 14 times. It's funny that uh, I go to a uh, – I haven't been there in the last couple of three years because, well, for various reasons. But, well, for COVID, really, they stopped taking people. But it's a place called Carroll Lake. And it's a long series of occurrences, but the net effect is that, Amer- that an American owned an island inside the Woodland Caribou Provincial Park. Now, to make this relative, it would be like a Canadian owning a house in the Yellowstone. Okay. That's how rare it is. I know with this lodge, the closest we have to fly in, the closest road, dirt road is 30 miles and i remember the last time we were there we had a new manager and she came she said well what what kind of food did you guys bring well i didn't bring anything at all (laughs) she said what do you want for breakfast i said walleye (laughs) what do you want for lunch uh you know you can fix walleye (laughs) how about dinner you can fix walleye that's okay because in georgia we don't get walleye (laughs) so walleye three times a day for five days is all right with us Oh my gosh! And what's the name? They, of the, what, was, what was the name of that lake again? Carroll, C A R R O L L, Carroll Lake. Oh, okay. It's in the Woodland Caribou Provincial Park, which is north of Winnipeg, almost into the Northwest Territories. So you fly into Winnipeg, it's in Ontario. Okay. Did you, and you fly it's into only Winnipeg? open like eight or it's only open like eight or nine weeks a year. And they take eight people only. So when when I go, uh, I've got plenty of buddies that want to go. So eight of us will show up. No guides, no nothing. If you can't listen, if you can't catch a hundred walleye and northern pike a day there, you're not an angler. <laughs> Big pike too. Uh yeah. Well, the the uh, my biggest is forty five inches. Oh, awesome! I've never caught a pike. I want to do. That's one of my bucket list fish, man. <laughs> He's dumb as a rock. All you do is throw a spoon <laughs> and he'll eat it all the way to the boat. Awesome. And then, and how's are they? Are they good fighters? Or are they kind of? Do they give up? Uh, yeah, they're good. They uh-huh. they jump a lot and thrash around at the boat. Of course, the walleye is not. Yeah. But yeah, a pike. He's a he's long and skinny. He'll put up a he'll put up a good fight, but not like these saltwater guys that you run into. Yeah. Do you do you saltwater fish there off the California coast? I do. Yeah. I like, uh, yeah, go, go to Mexico and okay. Yeah. Stuff like that. But I, I enjoy the heck out of that. Heck yeah. Love oh the... yeah. Great. Yeah. I've been to the Yucatan several times yeah. and, uh, uh, and down, all the way down to Costa Rica. I caught a, uh, have you ever caught a rooster fish? No, I haven't caught one yet. Oh yeah. That, that, That's my first rooster my first rooster I ever caught was in Costa Rica, and he weighed 75 pounds. A monster. That's oh, awesome. Oh, man. <laughs> he, he was a beast. Did you, did you sight cast to it? 
Were they throwing no, bait out there? No, I, I was not. No, I, I, I saw him. Uh, I did not see him in shallow water. My, 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 probably my greatest trophy, and I do have lots of trophies. They're all fiberglass, and they're all contributed to me by Bass Pro Shop many years ago. Yeah. Uh, because Bass Pro Shop was a sponsor of the show for about, oh, 15, 16 years. So they wanted to have me to have all my personal records. Uh, and the greatest personal record I have on the wall up here is a, uh, a 51 pound red drum. Oh, nice. And I, and I saw that fish. That's what makes it so special. He was fit. She was probably 54 and a half. 54 and a half inches long and weighed 51 pounds. And then we put him or her back. Nice. I got huge. I got to throw, uh, at a, at a black drum, um, Mm -hmm. in in Louisiana. It was on a, I think it was on a oyster bed or yeah, it was, was that right? Or yeah. yeah, Oyster bed. And the Mm -hmm. guides all look at that. And he's like feeding on the oyster bed and they, and he didn't eat my, my fly, I think I spooked him or something, but at least I got to see him and kind of throw at him. It was kind of fun. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. your 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 hobby, your business, your fly fishing yeah. is extremely popular now and growing every day, isn't it? It is. It really is. It's. Um, I, I do a lot of uh, teaching, you know, and stuff like that, and uh, saltwater uh, teaching as well as freshwater and. Um, getting a lot of people into into the sport for sure and enjoying the heck out of it. Okay, wonderful. Yeah, and you, do you do any fly fishing at all? Uh, only on a particular stream uh-huh. here in North Georgia. Oh yeah, there's a there's a stream in North Georgia called the Soquee S O Q U E River. I've heard and of that. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's a mountain stream, and it's an unusual set of circumstances because the owner of the property owns the stream bed. Okay. So you can't put in and, and wade upstream and fish this water. Totally. It's a one mile, one mile portion of the stream and it's minutely managed. And I can assure you, uh, even with someone with no better experience than I, it's fly fishing only, of course. Uh-huh. Uh, I'll, you'll catch 20 rainbows over 20 inches every day. Wow. With some browns in the territory of, I think I caught a 28-inch brown. Wow. That's awesome. Uh, it's, it's marvelous. You know, the fish are fed. Uh, they only allow three fishermen per day. Okay. How, and, f- how uh, fun. Is it a pretty good-sized uh, little stream? Well, it's, you know, it, it's not it's not room for two people to fish side by side yeah okay sounds like a nice little stream you're yeah it's called black the and the lodge and the people who own it is black hawk fly fishing okay and the uh the owner is a very nice lady and she is a how shall i say a special chef so when you go there you have some marvelous meals oh that's neat that's uh oh yeah black hawk fly fishing in georgia Yes, indeed. Oh, it's a mountain cool. stream. It may be the best mountain stream because of all the things I've mentioned to you. Yeah. It may be the best mountain stream on the east coast of the United States. Wow. You know, is that, is that, I don't know where else you can go and expect to catch 20 
rainbows over 20 inches in a day. That's awesome. Is Actually, that, not even a day, maybe four hours. Is that a spring-fed thing where it's only because it's only a mile? It's, 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 a, it's a stream that leaves, uh, uh, let's see, what's the name of that lake? Blue Ridge, Lake Blue Ridge in North Georgia. And that is the feeder stream that feeds the Soquee River. And the Soquee River eventually winds up after splitting a couple of times in Lake Lanier, which is just north of Atlanta. Okay. Nice, man. I, I'm, uh, I'm writing this stuff down. Just I'm always, okay. le- I'm always learning. Always learning yeah, cool a, places to go to. Oh, man. It's, yes, indeed. Yeah, Black, Black Hawk fly fishing in the Soquee River may be the best stream fishing out of a boat. Now, you're just waiting. Uh-huh. There's yeah. not room for a boat on here. No, not at all. You know, one of my passions uh, on a fly rod is smallmouth bass. And, okay. And uh, that's one of my favorites. Um, we have them in my river, which is called the Kern River. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, how about out where you're at? Is there any good smallmouth fishing? Well, there's some there's some smallmouth bass fishing in the lakes okay. in North Georgia. And then, of course, up into Tennessee and Kentucky uh, and all the way up to Lake Erie, uh, you have smallmouth. Okay. And uh, smallmouth fishing is good here because it's not it's not targeted very much, but it's it's all conventional uh, gear mostly. Why don't you think it's targeted? Is that a because everybody's going after largemouth? Because everybody's going after largemouth. Okay. And what? And how come? What, what's uh? They don't include that bass well, in the mix. Have, you know. You know. You want. Uh, you want to catch five fish that weigh. Uh, 15 pounds. Uh-huh. All right, that has to be largemouth. You don't catch five smallmouth that weigh 15 pounds. Right. Okay. Everything's about, you know, how much, how much, how much did he weigh? How much did he weigh? How much did he weigh? Okay. You know, right. the world's record of smallmouth is what, 11 pounds? Oh, is and it? That, and that is in severe doubt. <laughs> because <laughs> I read, I read that this was, my goodness, 40 years ago when that record was set. Uh-huh. And uh, I understand without checking the writings, but from several uh, several articles, that that was a setup. That fish had uh, lead weight in it. Oh, okay. You know, I, I've been hearing about that. I, I think it was just recently there were some guys, and you probably heard about it too, that were on the bass tour or something and they were putting in weights in there and they were winning yeah they were that was a walleye tour oh it was okay yeah yeah they put uh they put lead weight and they put fish other fish fillets inside their uh walleye and they got caught and then and they won like a bunch of money too over the yeah but they they never got it of course oh okay all right yeah they were they were found out because you pick up you pick up a walleye that's supposed to weigh three pounds, and he weighs six. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna you get can caught. tell right away somebody's been fooling with this guy. Yeah. And now, and I don't know those those figures I just gave you, mm-hmm. but these guys were found out rather easily, as I understand it. I wasn't there. Yeah. What about? Uh some hunting stories like you have any crazy hunting stories that you've been on over the years 
well, I'm fortunate to have gone. I've hunted in Canada and uh, uh-huh. for whitetail. I did not get them. I don't have any what you'd call a monster. The biggest whitetail I've ever taken uh, scored 167. Uh, but I've hunted with. I guess the following kind of is kind of interesting. I did hunt north of Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Uh huh. I was doing a show there, uh, and I was using a muzzleloader. That was my sponsor and always has been and still is. Uh, and the high temperature for the five days I hunted, or uh, we hunted, my cameraman and myself, the high temperature was one. <laughs> oh, my God. The, I, low, uh, the low every morning was approximately, well, between 16 and 20. And we had to drive a four-wheeler for 22 miles to get to the stand. Wow. And uh, after after about the, you know, after watching a few deer go by, and I had to take a deer because this, this was a show about yeah. 15 years ago, and the next one that came by, I took. Wow. So I did not kill a giant. I did not see a giant while I was in Canada. But of course, that's where the big ones, the biggest ones, live. Yeah, uh, I've been fortunate to hunt in Oklahoma and Kansas. Uh, my biggest whitetail came from Oklahoma, um, and it was a one sixty-seven. But I've got a lot of, uh, you know, several very respectable Texas, South Texas, North Texas, uh, and in Tennessee, whitetails. Most of most of the time, if I'm doing a television show. It's either for whitetails or uh, hogs. So, do you ever people have it, love to see hog? Do you? Did you ever have any of those hogs turn on you? No. No, like those, uh, no. like the out here in California. Um, you know, they have the those uh, those big old hogs. You know, the, those Russian mm-hmm. ones. And yes. uh, is that the same ones you guys have? Or that you uh, yeah, for? well, they they've been bred down now. Uh-huh. And and mix what you might call it with a domestic. Uh, I have hunted uh, what you'd call the Razorback before. Okay. Yeah, and was imp- it was and was impressed with yeah. them, but uh, they've been bred down. It's you know hogs are an invasive species. Mm-hmm. They're not native to North America. Right. They came over with the Spanish as food for for sailors. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that. And they're they're like really uh, doing well, you know. <laughs> even though they're evasive over here in California, there's there's outfitters uh, hunting them out here. And uh, uh, yes, they you know. they provide a good uh, uh, hunt. They provide a good meal, but they are competitive with regards to the uh, natural species yeah. of the animals: mule deer, whitetail, and so on. And turkeys. Turkeys are afraid of them. Oh, are they? Hmm. Oh, yes. I've been on many turkey hunts and have had uh, uh, turkey, a gobbler on the way, so to speak, if you know what I mean, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, uh, a sounder, which is a family, a sounder of hogs shows up, and I never see the turkey again. Yeah. <laughs> so any other like crazy stories like bear encounters, wolf encounters, Anything like that? Uh, no, I think it was it was kind of funny uh, when I was in, when I was hunting in Canada, uh, and I was hunting on land 
that was donated, if you will, or given to this owner by the queen. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, as a side note, the, the biggest landowner in the world is the, the queen of England. Okay. The, the, the crown owns 999 million acres of land worldwide. Wow. Anyway, yeah, wow, right. <laughs> so I'm sitting in the sand. Uh, it's snowing, uh, and I'm up on a platform with my cameraman under a pop-up tent. Didn't have a heater or anything like that. And one of the things that the, that the, the uh, manager, owner, was very emphatic about was you don't shoot the wolves. Mm-hmm absolutely do not don't even think about it so you're always on with, with that without an introduction you're interested in that and you make you aware I bet. of what is around you <laughs> and i look off to my right hand side and i see something that's kind of fluffy and held in the air uh, through the trees mm. and i and i punch my cameraman i said look it's a pony <laughs> And this thing loped across in front of us at about 100 yards, and it wasn't a pony. It was a timber wolf. <laughs> How funny. And I'll, I'll guess this thing was probably at about 185 pounds. Uh, I know. Those things are huge, huh? Oh, yeah. That's the biggest species of wolf on the planet. Was he by himself? Yes, he was. Interesting. He was on a mission. He wasn't just ambling around. Uh-huh. He was loping across. He was headed somewhere. And... Uh-huh. uh we didn't spook him or anything. We just watched. Regretfully, he did it so fast we couldn't get him on camera. Oh, right. But was, we'd love to have that. Was he, was he a black? The black color? He was, uh, no, he was not. He was uh, gray and blonde. Oh, nice. That's what, that's what made me, and he was spotted, had big dark spots. Mm-hmm. Oh, pardon me. And so that's what made me. Well, I'm not used to seeing wolves. Yeah. So when I look over there and I see this great big thing with its tail in the air and a, <laughs> and all this hair and fuzz, because he was a big ball of fur, and you know I'm thinking it's a pony, you know. So, but it wasn't anyway. <laughs> but cool. it was an adventure. For, it was a, It was quite an adventure to drive a four wheeler with my cameraman sitting behind me for 22 miles uh-huh. to the stand in and out every day. We stay in the stand all day in Canada. Yeah. You don't leave because there's only about 10 hours of daylight. Right. <laughs> wow. So I'm reading. But th- I've been oh, go fortunate ahead. enough to have some wonderful experiences, hunting, fishing, saltwater, freshwater streams, you name it. Yeah, that's for sure. I'm reading through. Oh, yeah. I'm reading through, you know, all these, uh, things that have, you have like a uh, legends of the outdoors hall of fame international mm-hmm. game fish hall of fame georgia hunting and fishing hall of fame national freshwater hall of fame georgia radio hall of fame i yes. mean that's just incredible what an accomplishment well, I, man well thank you very much i yeah. appreciate the compliments yeah. it's just that i live so long basically <laughs> right yeah, but that's a that's that's pretty awesome, man. To have all those uh, those Hall of Fame um, accolades, and it's just it's just really cool. I'm talking to a yes, legend. It's pretty I'm awesome. I'm very proud, but thank you very much. I'm very proud of it, and uh, proud that uh, maybe we provided instruction mm-hmm. and reminders for and encouragement for people to go hunting and fishing 
and uh, make it varied and successful. Yes, and passing it on. I love it. Yes, absolutely. We well, need to, uh, and I talk a lot about that because, see, the radio shows basically it's live. Yeah. Uh, and from I, I do it from my office here, my studio in North Georgia. Uh, I have, I'm on the side of a mountain in North Georgia, close to some of the national parks. And my property is up, is next. I don't have much property, eight acres, but it, it joins uh, the uh, wildlife management area, which is 27,000 acres. Wow. So, I mean, I can't even see another house. That's so or nice. Or a light or anything from my home or my, the deck. I can see, I can see for 60 miles off the deck. Wow, that's so great. Oh, it is. Very nice. Very, yeah. very fortunate. Uh, you're just like me. You have two daughters. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, and are they? Two daughters. Uh, yeah. Gosh, how old are they now? Wow. <laughs> uh, 35 and 31. Nice. Did you? Did they like the outdoors as much as you? Uh, no, neither are ever, were ever outdoors. People. Okay. No. Yeah. Uh, that, tra- that transferred over to my grandson. Nice. And he is a, he is an outstanding hunter and fisherman. Oh, that's cool. And how old is he? He's 31. Oh, is that the, the sheriff you're talking about? Yes. Yeah. Did I say my daughters were 35 and 31? Yes. It's 55 okay. and 41. Okay, yeah. Okay, they're my age. 55 and 51. Pardon me, I'm, I'm uh-huh. confused. Okay, cool. Yeah, uh, yeah, they're the, you're... Uh, daughters are the same age as I am. Mm. Yep. Well, O'Neill Williams, what a pleasure, my friend. Well, I appreciate you calling and giving yeah. us the opportunity to tell a few stories. I really appreciate it. It was great meeting you, and uh, thanks for being on the podcast. You bet. Where oh. where will it air? Like, you know, it'll be on Waypoint TV uh, oh, okay. in, the, in the in the podcast uh, area uh, under the okay. Guy Jeans podcast. And uh, if, if folks want to uh, find out where you're at, um, where can they go? O'NeillOutside.com. Okay, perfect. O'NeillOutside.com. Watch all the television shows. You can listen to the radio program. You can uh, view the cooking segments from Big Green Egg, cooking segments from Waggerty uh-huh. Sausage. It's, it's okay. exhausting. <laughs> okay, perfect. Well, thanks again, bud. You bet. All right. Call take- anytime. All right, take care. Glad to be of service to you. See you later. Bye-bye. In Wild Country, rules were not created by man. Don't miss Wild Country, Wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Primos. Speak the language. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. I'm Will Cooper, host of HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast. For even more content, be sure to watch the original films from HuntStand Presents on the Waypoint TV channel every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Visit waypointtv.com to learn more.